and I put it all together, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And then the day before happens. And so then you just take all that stuff you prepared and set it aside because it ain't it. It just ain't it. You know, a couple of things I wanted to share that I'll I'll bring it up for another day. There are over 7,000 promises of God in the Bible. Some of them are specific. They go to Moses or to David or somebody. But the vast majority of them are promises that are still valid today for us. So one day we'll tackle that. That'll be like a a year. No, I'm kidding. But it, it'd be a while. But but then then you know the next thing I had uh, had planned on doing and, and put some effort into uh, was uh, are we there yet? Because now I'm at a place now where I get a lot of phone calls, a lot of phone calls every day from somebody wanting to talk about end times, wanting to talk about are we there yet? Are we there yet? And it made me think about my kids when they were little, and you know how it is. You get in the car, you made it out the driveway, you barely made it past McDonald's, and it's, are we there yet? No, we've got another nine and a half hours to go. Just be still. And then you give them a Benadryl and let that go. But <laughs> I didn't say that, y'all. Scratch that up. But anyway. But no, what I do want to talk about today is no regrets. And I, and I know most of the time you go to a Christmas Eve service and you want to talk about the the manger and the baby and the wise men and all that, but I don't, uh, no, not today. We've heard it. I do appreciate what Barry said two weeks ago about uh, the wise men when they showed up. It wasn't just three of them. They came in a caravan. Um, they didn't bring a little gift, like a little gift box from Cage Jeweler, as he said. They brought a bunch of stuff. They were loaded. They were loaded. They came to see a king, right? And so, so we recognize that that wasn't just that wasn't just a, uh, an afterthought. They weren't they weren't going to Birmingham and decided to take a side trip to to Bessemer. I mean, they they were very deliberate and they they searched for years to find him, and they brought a lot of stuff. They loaded him for bear. I mean, it was ready. It was time to go. But anyway, I want to talk about no regrets today. No regrets. And I got to tell you, a life lived in regret is a miserable lie. Absolutely miserable. Um, and thank God that, that there's redemption and there's salvation and there's all those things that, that bring us back around to where we can, we can be bold in our faith. We can step up and we can, we can praise God that he delivered us from whatever we were in and protects us from whatever else is out there that we've got him all the time. So anyway, I'm going to start off, uh, in Matthew 27. I'm going to tell you a story of a couple of people. I want to talk to you about Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. Y'all know who they are. Um, so in, in Matthew 27, we're talking about the burial of Christ. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to get on the other end. We're going to go 33 years later. We're going to do a little fast forward. It said, when the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. Well, let me tell you who Joseph of Arimathea was. Joseph was a counselor. He was an attorney. He was an attorney for the Sanhedrin. He, he, he just happened not to be there when they, when they decided to throw Jesus under the bus. He just, he wasn't there. But he was a very rich man. And, and we know that because he had <coughs> spotted out a place on the side of the mountain that had somebody carve a tomb into it. And so every day so they hear all that, that clanging and banging and chipping away. 
and they knew that that tomb belonged to Joseph of Arimathea. It was his. A rich man was having a tomb carved out. It was happening. So they knew. They knew who he was. Uh, it said, then he went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb. So, so now we know that he's a, 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 an attorney for the Sanhedrin. We know he's a rich man. We know this is his tomb. And he outed himself. He took Jesus off the cross and stuck him in his tomb. The one man that the Sanhedrin would have had him persecute, he took him off the, off the cross and put him in his own tomb. But wait, there's more. So we're going to step over to Mark, the 15th chapter. And it talks about, and this is another view of Joseph of Arimathea. And it said, and now when the even was come, because it was a preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead, and calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been uh, any while dead, and when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. So now we find out a little bit more. We find out that Joseph of Arimathea is an honorable counselor who also waited for the kingdom of God. We know a little bit more. He, he is believing and he's seeking the kingdom of God. He, he believes. We got that. So then we find him in Luke. Luke, the 23rd chapter. The what? The 50th verse. And behold, there was a, na a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and, a, and just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. In other words, he wasn't there when they, when they uh, condemned Christ. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. And we know the story. He begged for the body and he got it. So then we're going to go to John. This is where it gets kind of thick. John 7, verse 50. Well, I'm going to back up just a minute. Uh, I don't want to go to John... 7 verse 50, that's not where I'm going. Uh, I want to go to John 19.38. I'm sorry. 19.38, and then it said, And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, he was a disciple secretly, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave, and he came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And then there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloe, about a hundred pound weight. Nicodemus, y'all. In fact, Nicodemus is the one that Jesus referred to him when he met with Jesus uh, back in John 3.10. Nicodemus went to Jesus to ask, he said, we know who you are. We know you're the, you, you know, you must be the son of God. You must be somebody because of all the things you do. But how? How does that work? 
And in fact, uh, in, in John 3.10, Jesus refers to him as the master of the Jews. He was like the head teacher. He was the guy. He was the guy. But here's Joseph, uh, uh, here's Nicodemus. Now you find out he's hanging out with Joseph of Arimathea. That, that he came and brought a hundred pounds of, of aloe and myrrh to, to uh, embalm the body. Well, I did a little study on that hundred pounds of aloe and myrrh. And the normal embalming was five pounds. Because that's about how much a Jewish household would have on hand. So that's what they would use. The only time you would use that much would be for a king, for royalty. Nicodemus knew who he was. But here's Nicodemus and Joseph, both, Joseph of Arimathea, both living the double life. Nicodemus is going around still preaching that there's a coming Messiah. And he already knew. He didn't want to lose his job. He didn't want to be persecuted. He didn't want to be probably stoned and killed. Joseph of Arimathea liked being rich. He had all he had. He had his stuff. So in uh let's see here. So I went to a place uh on the web called christianitystack.com and it gives you all kinds of information about stuff. Stuff like measurements and weights and all those things. It said uh according to christianity.com that amount of aloe and myrrh in today's money would be between one hundred and fifty and two hundred thousand dollars worth. So the Nicodemus had great wealth, or he took it out of the temple. One of the two, but he was he was about to bury a king. He knew he was king. He knew who he was. He knew it, but he didn't do anything about it. He he hung on to his life. Said normally five pounds was used for a Jewish burial, as most Jewish households would keep that much on hand. The amount was uh, extremely unusual. So anyway, going back to John three ten, said Jesus referred to Nicodemus as master of of Israel. In fact, in the Greek translation, he said he was the teacher of Israel, that he was the Jews' Jew. He took in everything that Jesus said, but then John, at the end of that, in verse 22, just said, and after these things. In other words, there was no visible change in in Nicodemus once he met with Jesus. There was no visible change because John just said, and after these things, and went on to another another story. Um, Then in John 7, 50, the... Sanhedrin is having a discussion about Jesus and what they ought to do with him. And so Nicodemus stands up and says, well, he said, um, let's see here. He said unto them, he that came to Jesus by night being one of them, does our law judge any man before it hears him and know what he does? They answered and said unto him, are you also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went unto his own house. They just shut him down. They said, "Why would you? Why would you even protect him? Why would you say that? What? what what's your motivation? What? What's it worth?" 
So then we're gonna I'm gonna rock back a minute. Uh back to John nineteen thirty-eight. And y'all we're not gonna be here long today at all. This is just some things I thought I would share with you. So it said that uh Every time you saw the name of Nicodemus in the Bible after the first meeting with Jesus in John 3.10, it said, it described him as the one that came to Jesus by night. In fact, in uh, 39, it's uh, 1939, it said, And there also came Nicodemus, which at first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Every one of them talks about him. So there's no, there's no argument over who this guy was. So now you got to wonder what kind of regret did he live with? You know, I remember we've all heard Pastor talk about he got the Holy Ghost when he was, what, 27, 28 years old, and he thought, man, I'm halfway through my life. He was angry about it, and he said God called him up. But look at, look at this, the regret that Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea had. I mean, from Nicodemus meeting him when he was 30, Till the day they buried him when he was 33, he knew who he was. He had no doubt who he was, yet he did nothing about it. He held it in his heart. He just, he probably secretly followed him around. And, you know, I think of, I think of, uh, uh, Jay Iris, whose daughter, that 12 year old daughter was, was dying. He was like the librarian of the, of the, of the synagogue. He, he knew everything that happened. If there was an ugly letter written by anybody, Going, going to the, to the, one of the priests about Jesus, he read the letter. How did, that's the only way he knew anything about him. That's how he knew that he could go to Jesus and say, Hey, my daughter's dying. If you'll just come lay hands on her, she'll be well. He outed himself that day. Why is it that we wait till that minute? We wait till that minute till things hit bottom. The people that we know in our lives, the people that we're confronted with every day in our work, in our, in our daily life, at the grocery store, at wherever we are, they're like we were. They wait till that last minute and then they out themselves when things are desperate. I, I, I go back to what I shared with you earlier. Sometimes we just wait till the pain's too, too bad before we move, before we shake it out, before we, before we make a change. Why is that? So, you know, you go back to, to the first time Nicodemus met Jesus, he asked him all kinds of questions. How can I enter my mother's womb again? How can I be born again? How? 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 I think he heard every word Jesus said, but he kept thinking, but I'm the teacher of the Jews. I can't do that. I can't follow you now. Pride, y'all. It's all pride. It's money. It's pride. It's, 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 it's who we are. It's our standing in the community. It's what we're afraid of. I was, I don't, I have, I'll be honest with you, I have nothing for that preacher in Texas that, that, um, is in that basketball arena. But I think his dad's amazing. And I, I, I caught up with, uh, a number of videos from his dad over the weekend that I've been listening to. And uh, he was down that same road, John Osteen. He was down that same road. He, he was like, he was a Baptist minister. He had been to seminary. He had been through all that. And he just felt like there was something 
hanging back. And then when he finally figured it out, he kind of he kind of continued in that path he was in for a little while because he he was kind of afraid to step out. He was kind of afraid to say, "I'm different. This isn't this isn't where I need to be. I'm not this isn't fulfilling. This isn't all of it. There's more. There's more." Um, I've been through that in my life. I've been through that where the ostr- you know you get ostracized because of you know. Kermit's frog said it ain't easy being green. Well, you know, this, this Pentecostal thing, people look at you funny. They, you know, they, they ask if you handle snakes. And I always tell them only on the fifth Friday of every month. I mean, you know, it's just, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> only on the first visit, you know, as a visitor, you get to do that. Thank you, Bill. You can go, you can go now. Uh, but, but yeah. And, and so, so there is that thing. There is that thing that holds us back. You know, you look at, you look at people when they first get saved, when they first get get the Lord in them. A lot of places just say, "Okay, we're going to put you on a committee. We're going to we're going to put you on the visitation team. We're going." To... No, that's that time for all of us to embrace them and and to love on them and to and to walk them through it slowly, because it it, it is hard when they go back home and they start telling their story and their family looks at them and and becomes a prodigal brother and says, "I know who you are. I grew up with you. I know who you are." I know what you've done. You can't change. People like you don't change. I mean, that's just the way people treat people, isn't it? And, and so, so here's Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. They were, they were way up there. They, they had, they had stature. They had wealth. They had it all. And yet it meant more to them than facing who Jesus was until that last minute, that last minute when it's time to put him in the grave. And you gotta wonder how much regret did they have? Nicodemus, oh my, how much regret. He had been a great disciple. He already knew the stuff, but how much regret did he have? And then you got to wonder, did, and this, this is from the book of Lynn. Then you got to wonder, did he, did he ever, did he ever secretly say to somebody, well, let me tell you, I can't help you, but that guy over there can go see him. He can, he can walk you through it. I think he did. I think he did, I, and that, that's from the book of Lynn, but I think he had to. I think if he was a moral man that knew who Jesus was, I think he had to. He had to send people that way. And I bet you, especially looking in here when they, when they jumped on him and saying, what kind of, what kind of prophet came out of Galilee? Are you one of them too? You know, I think they saw through him. But his, his pride, his ego, I don't think would let him step out. And then that day, that last day, that he saw it happen. He just absolutely saw it happen, and, and he did nothing. And he was probably in the meeting where they convicted Jesus. He was probably there when they threw him under the bus, and he said nothing. You know, Joseph of Arimathea, at least he wasn't there, <laughs> he wasn't there for, that, for that meeting. He missed it. He was late. They, they told him he couldn't come in. But... But uh, I look at the regret that they had in their life because they knew. They knew what the truth was, yet they let it go. They they didn't do anything about it. They didn't, you know, I, I'm a different person now than I've, I've been in my life. I'm, I'm tackling people and sharing Jesus with them and praying with them. And what a waste of life before that. You know what I mean? But at least I get to use that as a testimony. I use that as a testimony. Because the one thing people look at you and they think when you start sharing Jesus with them is, 
And y'all have heard it. If you've done it before, they'll say, well, you just think you're better than me. Or they say Christians think they're perfect. I don't know one Christian that thinks they're perfect. Not even close. I know that God will look at me that way because of what Jesus did and because, because I've accepted it. And he'll say, you know, you know, clean, get out of here, go on. We got you. You're done. Um, but, but that's the way, that's the way people look at us. When we start talking to Jesus, they think we're high and mighty. They think we're being self-righteous and far be it from that. It is way, way, way different than that. It's not, it's not about being self-righteous. It's about not wanting anybody else to miss that opportunity. That's what it's about. And then I wonder how many times that Nicodemus may have secretly met with Jesus, not just that one that we know about. Did he, did he just get convinced that day? Did he get convinced because of all the things he had read that were being passed through as they went by or all the, all the people reporting to him, telling him that this, this Nazarene's done it again and he, he's, he's caused a lot of, a lot of trouble and there's trouble in the, in the city because of him? Or did he actually go see him every once in a while? Did he regret not following him? I think he did. A hundred pounds of aloe. He knew who he was. He went to bury a king. But that's a lot of aloe to use on somebody that's coming back. Isn't it? You know, uh, the other thing I was reading, it said that the average, the average man then weighed about 150 pounds. You wouldn't put that much seasoning on a, on a brisket before you put it in the eight pound brisket, eight pounds of seasoning. I don't think would do that. That'd make a, make a crust. But, but yeah, so he, he was there to bury a king. So he, he still was kind of weak in his, in his faith because he probably didn't get the word that he's coming back. I'd love to know what that looked like for him three days later. What happened to him? Because he outed himself. He couldn't. He couldn't be in his job anymore. You know, there's just no way. There's no way. Uh, neither could Joseph of Arimathea. He lost his job that day too. But they got down to the last minute before they did it. So. And like I said, this is going to be a short service, so good for all of us. Um, but here we are on the 24th of December, 2023, the day before Christmas, to celebrate the birth of Christ. And what better way to celebrate the birth of Christ than to know that even after the relationship Joseph of Arimathea had, whatever it was, that Nicodemus had, whatever it was, and however weak that relationship was, whatever regret they had, that just like just like Thomas when he said, oh, I'm not going to believe it So I see the holes in his hands and I can put my hand in his side, that even through all that regret, that there's redemption. That it's like Melissa said, everything Christ gave up that we could have, he gave up. Sitting at the right hand of God, he can't, he gave up riches. He gave up, uh, he gave up his deity just to be one of us and not, you know, and, and it's not like Adam that was created a grown man. 
he, he didn't just become a man, he became a baby. Uh, uh, um, a needy creature that had to have everything done for him. He gave it, he gave it all up to the, to the nth degree that, that we might have eternal life, that we may, that we might have a full life here on earth. And that, that's the regret. That's the regret that Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea lived with is that they didn't get to live that full life with Christ when they had the chance. They had to, they had to try to make up for it after he died. A little late. What was it? What was it people say? Don't, don't bring me flowers for my funeral. Come see me while I'm still alive. That was it. That's, that was it. Their regret was because they could have lived a full life with Christ while he walked the earth. And they didn't. We've got that same opportunity. So with all that said, I will say this, that when, when we, when we get out in the, in the workplace and we get out in the community with our friends and with our, our family, that we need to be bold. You know, we, we all listen to Joe Morris and we all believe that, that the time's close and we're here. Um, you know, what they say in the scripture? They said, well, ever since, ever since our fathers passed away, they've been saying that it's close, it's close, it's close. But scripture says that, that God's not slack like everybody considers him to be slack, but that he's long suffering to usward that none should perish. He's dragging his feet as long as he can, so we can we can go out and do the business of bringing people to the Lord. It's our turn. It's our turn. We we we've been blessed with that gift. It's our turn. If we're going to give a gift this year, let's share let's share the Lord with somebody. How about that? Let's pray that we're going to go home, Father. We're grateful for this day. We are. We are so grateful. We're grateful that that you loved us so much that that Jesus gave it all up just so he could be with us, that he could give us an opportunity to share our eternity with you. But but those of us that have already received, Father, it's time for us to go out and, and bring others, as you said in your word, to, to him who much is given, much is required. Well, the much is not that hard to do. It's not that hard to do. Just give us a heart to love those people that we come in contact with, Give us a desire, Father, a desire to lead, to lead those folks to you, that they can share in the eternal life that we're, we're so eager to enjoy, that they can share in heaven on earth as we're living right now. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's sing a song, y'all.